yeah. So is everybody good? Yes. Yay. I, um, <clears throat> I, I was thinking about, you know, step, first of all, stepping back in after this uh, whirlwind of speakers that we've had, which has been great. And, uh, but I felt like that the Lord still has us on this one tract. And so I was, I was re-listening to David Wagner's word. And one of the things that caught my attention was he said that before, uh, before we can go broader, we have to go deeper. And so it feels like that the Holy Spirit is uh, causing us to go deeper. And, and I was just, um, I was reflecting on what we've been talking about and um, I, I realized it's been about a year, almost a year, since the Lord laid this verse on my heart. Uh, it's Matthew um, twenty-two twenty-nine, and the do you guys remember this? Yes. And uh, where it's, the, Jesus says, "Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God." And when I read that, I, I mentioned this before. When I read that, something pierced my heart. Like I'm reading a story in history and yet the history's come alive where I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And, um, and come to find out, uh, uh, as we dissected this, we realized that it's actually not a condemning word. It's actually an invitation. That there's actually more that, he, that the Holy Spirit's inviting us into. There's more to the scriptures and there's more to the power of God than what we're, than what I'm experiencing right now, so that's a that's awesome. Because good Lord, if I've arrived, you might as well take me home. So the the point that that he was uh, making, the Holy Spirit was making, is that right now there is a separation. There seems to be a separation between the the Spirit of God or the the power of God and the Word of God, especially in the church. It's like there's no separation. They're actually synonymous. The word of God and the power of God actually go together. Yes. And so there's, there should be no dichotomy. There should be no separ separation. There should be no segregation. But honestly, in the church, there's a segregation. You either go to a word church or you go to a, a, a power church. And it's like, no, the Holy Spirit's saying, no, no, no. They're the same. And so there's this marriage that's happening between the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. They're synonymous. We shouldn't differentiate between the two. It's not an either-or thing. So while we have been, <clears throat> while we have been looking at that, one of the, the, um, the, the, the verses that came across was this verse in Acts 5.20 where this angel uh, goes and delivers the disciples that were locked up in prison and gives them this word, go and speak the whole message of this life. And so as we are, as we are, are, are looking at scriptures and, and understanding the power of God and their, uh, how they relate uh, to, to one another, we're also understanding, we're also dissecting, if you would, the whole message of this life. Life is actually capitalized. It's a, it's a person. His name is Jesus. So the whole message of this life, we're beginning to understand, for those of us that grew up in the church, I grew up in the church, I understand that Jesus died for my sins. Hallelujah. He died for my sins. He died for your sins. Don't everyone get so excited. He did, whether you realize it or not. If you don't know that, come talk to us afterwards. We'd love to help you with it. But, but he died for our sins, and I'm, I'm good with that. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah. But there's a whole other side. He died for our sicknesses. 
He died for the curses that we were under. He delivered us from all of that. And so as we're understanding this, we've got, you know, it's like the, 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 the guy that worked out, you know, with one arm. It's kind of like me. I would take my shirt off, but, you know, I don't want anybody to. Yeah. He's got the big muscle on the left arm, but he's real skinny on the right. It's like, no, 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 no. They're actually both. He died for both. So he said, which is easier? To say that your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your pallet and go home. Which is easier? They're both the same. I died for both. So you got that. So the focal point, uh, if you would, at the beginning of this series was, is, is Exodus 25, 22, which we're going to look at here in just a second. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. So please, uh, it helps me. Let's just say it like that. It really helps me if you follow along with your Bible. If that's your phone, your iPad, your iWatch, your, I don't know how you do that, but but so I'm going to say it selfishly, it helps me, but can I just say something unselfishly? It actually helps you. Because the more that I delve into this, the more I realize I really don't have it as much as I thought I had. And so every time we see this, we, uh, it, it does, it, it, it writes something else on, it makes an imprint on your spirit, on your spirit man. I'm going to ask if someone can turn on the air. Can we do that? I think you have to go back to the back, back there to do that. So, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Turn it down to 55. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, the focal point of this message, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up in just a second, is, is Exodus 25, 22. Shoot. Exodus 25, 22, where God told Moses, uh, told him to go build a sanctuary, build this tent. And here's the dimensions. Here's what it looks like. And while you're doing this, I want you to build this, this uh, box, so to speak. It's a little bit bigger than this. I think it's 40, 47 inches, about like this, by 27 inches. And he, and he, he says, put a cover on it. It's called the atonement cover. This will serve as the mercy seat. And he told Moses that, that he, God, would meet Moses there. It's like, what? At the place, at this place called the atonement cover. I'll meet you there, which is just unprecedented if you, if you think about it, because he owns the whole thing. He owns the entire world. Cattle on a thousand hills, cattle on two hills, a thousand cattle on one hill. He, he owns them all. And so the fact that he would differentiate between all of the property that he owns all the countries that he owns and point to this one place. It's like, what in the world are you, why, why? What are you talking about? We saw that the reason that there was only one place to meet, we, we didn't understand that until we understood this verse right here in uh, Psalms 89, 14. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and kindness and, uh, mercy and loving kindness and truth go before your face. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Righteousness and justice. It's the, it's, it's the seat that his government sits on. So I use the illustration of a chair. The, the foundation of a chair is its legs. And it's saying, this verse is saying that the foundation of his throne, what he sits on, the chair that you sit on, what you're sitting in right now, the foundation of what you're sitting in on is the legs. The foundation of what he sits on, righteousness and justice. Righteousness is upholding the government of his kingdom. 
Justice is administering reward and punishment of his kingdom. These two are happening simultaneously. And so because of the fall of man, when Adam and Eve fell, when they disobeyed God, what happened was the justice side kicked in. And now, because of, what, because, of, because of what happened, there was a separation between God and man. And so God was back here trying to get back to man, but because of the protocol of his government, because of the justice side of his government, he couldn't get back there until the, the guilty one was actually punished. Couldn't get there. And so what happened was, was that he came up, or he, he saw in his, in his foresight, he saw that the way for him to get back to there was to have a substitute, a sacrifice, a substitute, someone that could take the place of the guilty one or something that could take the place that was animals, could take the place and satisfy the justice side of his, of his, of his uh, throne. I keep, I'm back here because I always put the chair back here. That's what's, if you're wondering why I'm back here, I'll, I'll sit up here. But the justice side of the throne was calling out for blood. There has to be bloodshed. And so, Exodus 25, 22 says this. He said, I will meet you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. It was this place, this, this, this one place where the blood was shed, where the life of the innocent was exchanged for the life of the guilty. So I can, I can meet you there, but because of this protocol that I have, I can't get to you in any other way. I have to meet with you there where the blood was shed. So I, we realize that, that when we read this, that mankind is the one that, who, who created the, the breach between man and God, right? So it's actually man that left God. So we're left with that understanding of, okay, I, we're the ones that left. We have to come back to here to meet with you, which is true. But there's another side that I didn't see, but because of the protocol of his government, because he was bound, so to speak, by the governmental pro protocol, he couldn't get to me. And the only way that he could get to me was through the blood. So, oh, so not only was it prohibiting me coming to him, it was prohibiting him to get to me. But he can come to me as long as there's bloodshed. Is this your first time hearing this? As long as there's bloodshed, he can get to me. Now, when you put it like that, now you begin to see the heart of a father trying to get back to his kids. So, with that in mind, this place that I'm gonna to point to here, called the atonement, with that in mind, this is what I wanna talk about this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers. Numbers 89, uh, 789. Numbers chapter seven, verse 89. 
says this, whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement. So what I left off was when God was instructing Moses to build this sanctuary and to build this, this, tab, this, this tabernacle and to build this ark, above the ark were these two cherubim, you've seen pictures of it, where the wings are like this on either side, one at the head, one at the foot, and they're both touching. And it's saying that Moses, when Moses walked into that room, into the holiest of holies, the voice would be emanating from that one spot. Right above where the wings are touching. That's where he conversed with God. The place of atonement that rests on the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. Now I've underlined there because God keeps referring to a place called there. I'll meet with you there. I can meet with you there. Where? Place of atonement. It's where the angel's wings touch. It's right above the sacrifice. It's right above the bloodshed. I can meet with you there. We can interact there. I want to show you something. Because I love different translations, I'm going to read the exact same verse from the New International Reader's Version. Watch this. Moses entered the tent of meeting. He wanted to speak with the Lord. There Moses, there Moses heard the Lord talking to him. The Lord's voice was speaking to him from between the two cherubim. The cherubim were over the place where sin is paid for. It was the cover on the ark where the tablets of the covenant were kept. The Lord spoke with Moses there. So if we were to boil this down, this verse would read like this. The Lord's voice was speaking to him from between the two cherubim. The cherubim were over the place where sin is paid for. The Lord spoke with Moses there. The Lord, I will meet with you there. Where? Where sin is paid for. I can converse with you there. Where? Where sin is paid for. There's no other place that I can relate to you except for there. Where? Where sin was paid for. Some of you are way ahead of me. God still meets with us there. It's Jesus. Jesus is the payment for your sin, for my sin. When we come to Jesus, he says, I will meet with you there. I can speak to you from there. This is, you know, th th this is much, much bigger than what we have time for. 
The other thing that, that I want, this is much, much simpler than what we're getting right now. This is really, really simple. And it's really, really difficult. Because you know what? We have this thing where we want to pay for our sins. We want to cover our own bill. For someone else to cover my bill, that means I have to pay them back. Won't be able to pay this one back. This is a beautiful picture of what Jesus has done. Because of his sacrifice, because of his bloodshed, now he can relate to us. The Father can relate to us. With that in mind, turn with me, if you would, to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 1. Paul's talking about something that I want us to take a look at. The verse starts out like this. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death, death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Paul is pointing to something here. He's pointing to the fact that after the Galatians had received the Holy Spirit, they somehow thought that the rest of their walk with God was up to them. You received the Spirit because you believed the message. What message? Well, for starters, let's start with Isaiah 53. In verse four, it says, surely our sicknesses he himself bore and our pains he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. I will meet you there. Where? Where your sins were laid upon this one. So Paul is saying that the gift of the Holy Spirit came because they believed, not because they did anything to deserve it. It's a big deal. So folks, this, this is a big deal, especially in this area. I grew up in this area. This area is full of religion. Religion, uh, anyway, the church that I grew up in, I understood that point, but after that, then everything else was up to me. There's truth in that. It's not the whole truth. You, I keep, you keep coming back around to the place where sin was paid for. So a couple of verses down in verse five, look at this. Paul says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So earlier, he's referencing the Holy Spirit. Now he's referencing miracles. How does a person receive a miracle? The same way they receive the Holy Spirit. We believe the message we heard about Jesus. Not because we've done anything to deserve it. 
sometimes getting Christians healed is harder than getting an unbeliever healed. Because somehow we, we still equate it that it's still up to us. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't fasted enough. I haven't read enough. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Exodus, go back, let's go back to Exodus 25, 22. I want to show you something. Josh, if you guys are ready, y'all can come on out. I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover. That phrase, I will meet with you there, has been drilling me I'm, for, for weeks, for months, been drilling me. Because I realize that he's saying, I will meet you there. If I read it at first pass, it sounds kind of casual. It sounds, I'll meet you there. It's like a fist bump. Yo, meet you there. It's like, what? That's it? The inference is, is so casual. And yet when you start to dig into it, it actually means a whole lot more than that. And so just, just one of the, the word meet is the same word as betroth. I will betroth myself to you there. Whew. Where? Place where sin was paid for. We can be united. I will meet you there. I will meet with you there. Where? The place where sin was paid for. Watch this. I will meet with you there. Not you will meet with me there. So Jeff, what's the difference? I will meet with you there. In other words, he's saying, when you go there, I'll meet you. In our hearts, when we're able to go to the place where my, when I'm able to go to the place where my sin was paid for, and I understand that, and I grab that, I'll meet you. There's no other place that I can meet you. Jeff, all of your good works, everything that you think you've done that you haven't done, pales in comparison. There's no other place. I can only meet you here. When you go there, I will meet you. Every time you go there, I will meet with you. Watch this. Look at Exodus 33. Exodus 33, 9, verse 9. It's a word picture. It says, And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of God descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. 
when Moses went there, the cloud descended. The cloud didn't descend until Moses went there. When you go there, the cloud will descend. I will meet you there. When you go there, I'll meet you. No other place. Where? It's where sin was paid for. why Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except through me. I'm the one that's paid for sin. He won't meet with anybody apart from me. This is the same progression for us. I simply go to the place where my sin was paid for is Jesus and he meets me there. James says it like this. Come close to God. God will come close to you. How do we come close to God? Come to the place in your heart where sin was paid for. You know why this is good news? Takes all the performance off of us takes all the performance off of you. All the performance. You know why? Your past doesn't count. Your past doesn't count. He erased the past. He took care of that. He paid for your sins. He paid for your past. He's paid for your present. He's paid for your future. Thing that got Paul was like, oh my goodness, who has cast a spell on you? Who bewitched you, is what it says. Who bewitched you? How did you get so crossed in your thinking? How did you get so messed up? You begin over here and you think now that, that you're ending it, that it's up to you? No, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete the work. I will meet you there. From there, I'll speak to you. So could be, could it be that if we're having trouble hearing God, we're trying to get to him some other way besides here. What would be the other way? Our good works, our, the merits that we've done, the praying that we've done, the there's no other way but here to come to the one who's paid. The sin was paid for. You have instant access. Jesus is the connection between heaven and earth.
John 1.50. Or 48, actually 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and he said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said, how, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him and said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the stairway, which is, which is the son of man. One version said, on the stairway, which is the son of man. Jesus is the stairway between earth and heaven. Jesus is our ladder to God, L-A-D-D-E-R. just had a, a conference and um, if you were here, um, you were here, it was a great conference. No doubtly you heard Ian Andrews and Ian Andrews is our friend from the UK and he was talking about that, uh, he was telling us stories about Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman was back in the 70s, uh, a healing uh, evangelist, mighty, mighty miracles that were done. And um, he was talking about her and he said he felt like that there's a, there's a full circle that's coming around back into the body of Christ. And he feels like that the, uh, the, the, the anointing that was on her is actually gonna be in churches now. It's not gonna be on one person. It's actually gonna be for the church. And so as he was talking about her, he was telling us a story about when he went to her meetings that every night that they would sing this simple song and during this simple song is when things started happening. And the song was uh, the song by Bill Gaither, He Touched Me. Just figured out the age group in the room right there. My, uh, I think my parents had Bill Gaither's tour jacket. Uh, they, we had a lot of Bill Gaither stuff. But anyway, but he touched me. And so what, what Ian was talking about, the words are, he touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me. What Ian was talking about was, was look at the progression. He touched me. And that's the dilemma, that, that's, that's, that's the hard part. We think we have to, touch him and we, we can touch him but what he's trying to get us to come back to when you come back to the place where sin was paid for relax I'll meet with you there 
So it's he touches me. He touches you. All the unworthy thoughts, all the places where you think that you're not worthy, those were all dealt with here where sin was paid for. Now we have an open access to Jesus and the Father. That's good. Let's stand if you would. So Ian told me, he said, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you were here. For those of you who were here that last night, it was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, lots of things happening, lots of people getting touched, a lot of people getting healed. And he, Ian leaned over to me and said, Jeff, you're gonna want to re-sow this. You're gonna reopen this because if you don't uh, reopen, continue sowing this into the fabric of your body, you'll lose it. Say, so, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm a man under submission. So I'm gonna do what Ian said and we're gonna sing. I can't make anything happen. You can't make anything happen. But the thing about it is, is he promises that if, you, if we come here, I'll meet you there. So in your heart, in your heart, come to the place where your sin was paid for. Open your heart. We receive. Father, we receive. Jesus, we receive. Every perfect gift, we receive it. I'm not calling you a sinner. Don't hear me say that. I'm not calling you a sinner. You're a son. You're a daughter. I'm not calling you that. Come to the place where sin was paid for and allow him to touch us. Go ahead.